Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Sing aloud to God, let the people shout before His throne. Hallelujah, sing aloud to God, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah. Unto the Lord from the ends of the earth, from the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the depths of the sea, let all creation praise His name. From the ends of the earth, from the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the depths of the sea, let all creation praise His Come on down. Team, y'all can just tap with us. Paul Lewis. Is Paul here? I want to ask the elders if they would to come down. Typically when somebody from our church heads out to the mission field, we pray over them. And Ben and Robert are going to be heading out to uh, Liberia. Spending some time there in Africa, sharing the good news, and doing, we've done a lot of work in that area, and so we're going to be praying for their safety. A lot of great things going on around the world. There's a lot of good, lot of good churches in Liberia that are just starting and being planted, and a lot of preachers being raised up, and uh, there, there is a lot of concern, you know, and. Uh, certain parts of Africa with the Ebola uh, breakout and so we want to pray for the safety physically and spiritually for these men and so we wanted to uh, uh, just have the elders lay hands on them and to bring them up before the Lord and we want to ask you to continue to pray for them. How long is your trip in? Till May the 4th and so uh, continue to pray for them as they'll be gone and also their families that will be here uh, concerned, I'm sure, and waiting to, to hear back from them. And so, uh, if you would, bow with me for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, uh, we're humbled by the great things you're doing all around the world for the kingdom. And yet, you allow us, with all of our, all of our mistakes and mess-ups, because of Jesus, to be a part of something so fantastic. And I know that the work in Liberia with Isaac Day and others that are preaching the gospel, a lot of good things are happening in the kingdom. And, and I pray, Father, for, for Paul and for Robert 
and for Ben as they travel, but you would give them safety. I know that it's a dangerous world in a lot of different areas, and, but they'll be traveling. I pray, Father, for their physical safety and their health, but also pray, Father, for spiritually for them, that you would give them uh, the strength, endurance, the wisdom to share what needs to be shared, to encourage the brothers around the world, and help them to always know every day and night that there's a church family here behind them. And uh, bless them, Father, to preach the word with power, with enthusiasm and conviction as they go share with those, Father, that have not heard. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 Let's stand as we sing. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide He trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice Shout of back. 
aren't you glad that no matter what you walked in this room with or what you've uh, been struggling with this week, that because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you have or can have new life. God's grace is so good to us that he takes us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. He molds us and to look more and more like Christ, and that's all of our heart desire anyway, isn't it? To be like Him. This is a this song's a song. If you grew up religious at all, you've probably always heard this song a lot. Maybe the invitations, uh, but it just reminds me, and, and, and Paul always pulls in my heart about that. No matter what I've done or where I'm at in life, God still loves me and died for me way before I ever thought about trying to live for him. And he takes me just, just like I am. Just as I
know, after this next song, we'll have the Lord's Supper. And it's a time of celebration uh, because of the resurrection. It's a, something that we do together as a church family because God has brought us together by his grace. And we're remembering the death, burial, and resurrection, not just personally, but the fact that he put all of us together in a family and called us to this. That is an awesome God that we serve that has saved us by his grace and by his mercy. So we want to celebrate that by singing the song, Awesome God. Lord. God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He wasn't putting on the ritz. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very soon, and so you'd better be believing. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Our God is awesome. He reigns. He reigns from Judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. His mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Our God is awesome. And he reigns. He reigns from hands with power and wisdom. With power and wisdom. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Our God is awesome. And he reigns. He reigns from
Um, I had a dream last night about what would happen here today. And before you think this is going to be revolutionary and I dreamed that something miraculous was going to happen, a lot of you know that I travel a lot on the weekends and so I haven't been here as much in the last year or two. I dreamed that I was out in the lobby and I forgot when communion was. And the guy get up here and he goes, uh, and everybody's looking around. I'm back there just talking, so I have to be escorted down. And I was late for communion. One of my trips a couple weeks ago, I was, um, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I got a little card from a, she is eight? Yeah. It says, Dear Mr. Willie, I love your show. My name is Ella. I'm eight years old. This is a dream come true. Thank you for the chance of a lifetime. You are a hero to my family. God bless you. Happy Easter. Love, Ella. You are in my prayers. Now, I get these little sweet notes from time to time, and I think we're all like this. P.S. A real dream come true is if I got a phone call from you and here's my phone number. That's kind of the way we are, isn't it? It's, uh, we always want a little bit something extra. Um, Corey and I were fortunate enough to be in the movie God's Not Dead, and if you've seen that movie, um, it's basically the, um, it's the defending of your faith and, and your beliefs. Um, I mean, when we sat down in it, we had just done our parts, and right before it came on, I thought, man, I hope this is good. What if it's terrible? Because I've never actually seen the movie, and then I'd be in it. It was very good, and I actually learned a lot about my faith and defending my faith. And this day, when we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that one moment should cause you to care about Jesus because he came from the dead. And if you do care about that, and if you do believe that, it demands that you then care about human beings. Because then you need to tell them what you know, which is God, is not dead, and he came back from the dead through Jesus Christ. Right? When you care about those people, and when you care about God, you have no option but to tell them about it. Because some of the people in the movie simply didn't care. They said, yeah, God's not dead, that's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. I think this day demands us doing something and caring about him. I love 1 Corinthians 15. It's in the bulletin about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. You know I love even more about 1 Corinthians 15? If you go to verse 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Let me tell you guys something. If God coming back from the dead, if that's not enough... I really don't know what else to tell you about how amazing this is. Phil's going to get up and preach. Without the resurrection, his message means nothing. Without Jesus coming back from the dead to show us that we can all live again, that's what makes it make sense. That is the crown jewel of the gospel right there. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful to be here, to be in your presence. We are thankful. Not just for the death, Father, but that resurrection, 
of you showing all of humanity your power and your promise to give us hope in this life. Father, we know that it is so powerful that it can even overcome our own weaknesses. And Father, for that we are grateful. As we come together here, as we think and as we pray, as we partake, Father, in your body, your blood, and we reflect on you, we pray that that has a powerful impact on our life. We pray that it causes us to do something, mainly, Father, just opening our mouth and sharing that good news to everyone we know. Thank you so much for a flawless plan of salvation for us that brings us here thousands of years after it happened. Father, we cannot wait to be with you in heaven, and we pray that while we're on this earth, that we do everything for your will, not ours. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.
uh, the blood of Jesus takes away all our sins. And I think, um, I think for some of us, that's what holds us back. We're kind of paralyzed by our own shortcomings and weaknesses. So therefore, we're a little hesitant to tell others about Jesus because we're so flawed. And, you know, the resurrection three days later made all that go away because he was back. I think for us in our lives, we have to realize that God is more powerful than even our own sinfulness and selfishness. When we screw up, we mess up, we have to trust that that blood covers that. And you have to believe that. And you can't get stuck in that rut of paralyzed by your own sinfulness. Let me tell you what club we're in, who the others are that struggle with that same thing. Peter, Paul, David. God has used screwed up people since he created us to get his message across there. And hopefully we fit into there somewhere. We're flawed, but this blood is what makes it right. And you trust it and you move on. And just like Jesus was raised from the dead, that's how long it should take us to move on and continuing to point people to him. So don't get hung up and don't disbelieve that this blood is not powerful to change your life. It has and it does. And I'm thankful for it. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the blood of Jesus. We're so thankful that even though we sin, we know that Jesus is right there to defend us and has paid the ultimate price for that sinfulness. Father, I pray that we don't sin. I pray that we live our lives as flawless as we can. And when we do come short, Father, it is this blood right here that pays that price. Father, collectively, we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice for our own weakness. We're thankful for that death. And Father, we're thankful for that resurrection that continues to give us hope. Thank you for giving us a plan to get off this earth and be with you in heaven. All of this because of Jesus. Amen.
So therefore, if you truly believe that, your life is shaped by that, your decisions are directly influenced by the gospel. A God coming to flesh, coming down here to give us all hope for a new life. It should reflect in how generous you are to others. You should care enough to tell them about that. And you will no longer be driven by the love for money. Money is so funny, um, how people get over money. Believe me, I've seen it from both sides. I'm thankful we grew up with not much money. So it helps me in perspective now to remember that time. But I will tell you this, it doesn't get any easier. No matter how much money you get, it's that generosity of what you give to the church, to others, to people who need it. It can't be the number one thing in your life. And a lot of people I know out in the world literally are just driven by making money. And they think it's going to make them happy. They think it's going to take all those burdens away. And then if I just didn't have to worry so much about this money, let me tell you something. There's one thing that can fix that. That's Jesus Christ can fix those burdens, not money. So it should be reflected as we give, not just today, but every day and every week that you can't chase after it. Believe me, you'll never catch it. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful to be blessed. Mostly, Father, we're just thankful for the gospel and what that does in our lives. Thank you also for blessing us as a nation. Thank you, Father, for smiling on us and letting us have so many wonderful things while we're here on this earth. Father, we know that in America it is, it is tough for some people to see this because they have things so good. We pray that they always look to you. We pray that we're generous. We pray that we give. We have a giving heart and that we do not chase after the almighty dollar. Father, we know that that is temporary and bottomless. And Father, we just pray that we don't get caught up in that as sons and daughters of you. Thank you again, Father, for your plan of salvation. And I pray for all of us today that every day you continue to help us to be generous, Father, and give and help others. We love you. We pray all this through Jesus. Amen.
time we'll dismiss our kids to Bible Hour and the uh, other places that they go. Take just a moment to say hi to your neighbor, and then we'll get right back to some
Get that. I'm going to start since it's 2014 AD, Anno Domini, year of our Lord. We're all counting time by Jesus. You look at your calendar, you say every year that goes by, every month, every day, it's all predicated on Jesus, the Son of God. We're counting time by Him. That tells you He was here. Now, what He did was amazing. I don't want to scare you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. Hear this. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. When Jesus showed up, God in flesh. It's been the last days since that went down. We're 2,000 years into the last days. He appointed Jesus heir of all things, including your life, through whom he made the universe. By the way, don't worry about the babies crying. I will talk louder than a baby can cry. 
He made the universe through Jesus. The Son Jesus, when he appeared back then, 2014 years ago, is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things, including your life, your sins and the removal of them, you're being resurrected from the ground, and trust me, that is where you are going. Obamacare is not going to do it for you. You say, I'm going into a six-foot hole with or without Obamacare. Yeah. They're not going to do it for you. Therefore, listen to this. Remember, he appears, born of a woman, 2014 years ago. By the way, you say, why do you do that? Several things. One was to connect with you via Adam. Adam, the first man. You say, all the people from Adam on. They all came forth out of a woman. They all came forth out of a woman. All of you came forth out of a woman. That's why God became flesh, Jesus, to make a connection with you. And by the way, as you'll see, what he did on the cross and the empty tomb, that's the way you are disconnected from Adam. You have to be disconnected from Adam. You know why? Because through Adam came two things, sin and death. All you have to look forward to if you're not in Jesus is a six-foot hole. After that, you are eternally cut off forever and ever and ever. You don't want to miss the gospel of Jesus, especially the resurrection of the dead. We are here. It's a national holiday. Evidently, somebody in the United States, although they say, I believe in God. Is that right? 85% of Americans say, I believe in God. Somebody's lying. Somebody's up to no good. Way too many. Something's not right. Evidently, there's more than just a mental acknowledgement. I believe he's there. James says the demons believe in one God. Good. You know what they do about it because they know he's there? They shudder. You have to move on your faith. Now he has appeared, Jesus, once for all, listen to this, at the end of the ages. That was 2014 years ago. You're like, he appeared at the end of the ages. This thing is not going to last forever. No. You tell me what the Hebrew writer meant. Now he's appeared at the end of the ages. You know why? It's why we're here today. To do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once, I just got through telling you that. You got a six-foot hole waiting on you. 
Without Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, I'm telling you, you do not have one chance, one iota of a hope without this. Don't leave here today without understanding how you get in on that. Because the ramifications of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus are mighty concerning your life. You miss it, and you miss it all. You miss it, you lose it all. You want to lose your life? Miss Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, and you're going to miss it, and you're going to lose it. And evidently, from looking around at the United States of America, there's a mighty throng that have missed it. You agree? Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Oh, it's coming. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time. There's not but one, one more thing left. <laughs> America. You say, uh, what are we waiting on? One more arrow coming out of heaven. The first one comes down out of heaven 2014 years ago. Jesus died, was buried. We're standing here today remembering his resurrection. And I'm going to tell you something, for good reason. It's the only way any of us are ever going to leave this earth alive unless you have a better idea. Well, he's coming back. He will appear a second time not to bear sin like he did the first time. He came to bear all of our sin. Man, if we just added up our sins, all of us together here tonight, today, we just added up all our sin. We got to tell each other all about our sins. You say, oh my goodness, did he bear a lot of sin? I have a lot. So do you. But he didn't come back this second time. He's coming. You say, what's he coming back for? Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Are you waiting on Jesus? Or are you afraid to see that sky bust and you see him coming? You got two lists. I gave some guy one list. You say, were they mad at you about that list? They were mad at me. You say, why'd they get mad at you? Because instead of acknowledging their sin, like you had better do, they railed against me for giving them the truth about their sin. Don't deceive yourself. You want the verse? The news media didn't even know it was a verse. They thought I was just mouthing off. Is homosexual behavior a sin? The guy asked me. I said, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I gave him the rest of the story. I gave him the bad news and then I gave him the good news. I said, the Apostle Paul then said, and that's what some of you were. I was in that camp. I've been in that camp. 
That list of sins covered me in my past life. Doesn't it cover you? We've all been there. The reason we're here today is to remind you of the gospel that was preached. It's believed, the gospel. You stand on it. By the gospel, you're saved. If you hold firmly to the word that was preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. That's what the apostle Paul told a group of individuals at Corinth 2,000 years ago almost. You're like, for what I received, Paul said to them, I passed on to you as of first importance. That's why I am hollering about it 2,000 years later. It's the most important thing in this entire book. It all points to Jesus coming down in flesh, dying on a cross, being buried and raised from the dead. It solves all of your problems. It solves all of mankind's problems. Their sin problem, their grave problem, their grief problem. It rescues them from Satan, the gospel does. It rescues all human beings from sin. It rescues you, rescues you from the guilt of your sin. You can put your head on the pillow and I say, oh, finally, finally, my sins are gone. Thank you, Lord, for removing even the guilt I've been carrying for years because of the things I've done. It rescues you from law. Oh, my goodness, law. <laughs> All the commands that come our way. Once I was alive apart from law, and so were all of you. You say, Phil, have I ever been worth anything? Yeah, you were a good person when you came forth from your mother. You were born of a woman, every last one of you. When you came out of the womb, you say, how was I before God? You were alive, a little baby girl or boy, you were alive apart from law. Where there is no law, there is no sin. You know why there was no law? You had no idea what the law said. Whether God had written it on your heart, as he does all people, or written it down in stone and gave it to the Jews, you said you had no idea what immorality was. You're an eight-pound baby girl. However, that was your first birth. That got you on the earth. But you got old enough and you inherited something from Adam that we all inherit from him. You weren't born in sin, but you were born with the ability to know the difference between good and evil. You were given from Adam the knowledge when you get old enough of good and evil. You know why I know that? Because the Apostle Paul told the Romans, once I was alive apart from law, so were all of you in this room today. You, you know what happened? But when the commandment came, now a little boy a while ago come up to me, he said, Mr. Phil, will you baptize me? I said, son, you say, when did that happen? Five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. I said, son, I don't think you're old enough. And I told his dad, 
Right now, he's trying to run us down to baptize him. When he begins to sin, we'll have to run him down. See how it works? Everybody wants me to baptize them in my family. All my sons, when they were about in the fourth or fifth grade, you know why? They had good, tender little hearts. But they wanted me to baptize them before the commandment came and they violated. I noticed when they sinned, I told them, I said, listen, you want me to baptize you now? You're in the fourth grade or fifth grade, right? Yeah, Dad, baptize me. I said, I'm not going to baptize you now. I said, but there will come a time when I want to sit down with you and tell you what's happened because of the evil one and the sin that's in you. I said, when that day comes, I want you to remember this day. I'm not going to baptize you now because you're saying, come on, Dad, baptize me. I said, let's wait. And when that day comes, we're going to sit and talk. And as Jeff said, I said, Jeff, the day has come, son. Now you are a sinner. What about it now? You know what he did? There was a distance that had been created between a son and a father because of his sin, the evil one. Thanks be to God, one after the other, Al, Jace, Willie, and Jeff finally came to understand what I'm fixing to share with you. And they are now all godly men and are married to godly women and their children behave. And I am mighty grateful for it. So here's the deal. If you get off planet Earth alive, you'll experience two births in order to do it. Begin with that. I've already told you about one. You come out of your mother. That's a fact. That's what you're doing sitting here. When the guy who had come forth from his mother, evidently he was probably 60 years old or so, Nicodemus, it was evident that he had been born of a woman because he's standing on the earth telling Jesus he believed in him. Now here's a guy who has been born of a woman and said, I believe in you because nobody could be doing what you're doing unless God were with him. He said, let me tell you something, Nicodemus, you're going to have to be born again. Well, evidently, it takes a little more than just believing in Jesus. He did believe in Jesus. But Jesus told him, you've got to be born again. I think it was pretty evident that his water, his mother's water had broken like your mama's water broke, and he had come out of a woman. You say, yeah, that's the water he's talking about. You've got to be born of water in the spirit. Say, yeah, that's the woman's water breaking. Are you nuts? Okay, the woman, the, the, the Nicodemus's mother, her water broke, and then he came out of the womb, flesh giving birth to flesh. Jesus told him, whether you're, when your mama's water broke or not, you're going to be born again, and there's some more water involved. You're going to be born again, Nicodemus, of water and the Spirit. You say, well, what do you think he was talking about when he said you have to be born again, Nicodemus? You believe in me? You must be born again of water and the Spirit or you're not going to enter the kingdom. You say, well, what do you think he was talking about? I think he was talking about water and Spirit. That's what he said. You say, well, are you thinking maybe he was talking about water when he said water? I said, yeah, I think he was talking about water. You think he was talking about Spirit when he said Spirit? I said, yep. That's your second birth according to Jesus. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. 
not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us, Paul told Titus, through the washing of rebirth. Sounds like water again. And renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Lord. I see water. I see spirit. We're cut to the heart because we've heard Peter preach the gospel of Jesus to us that you just said was the grace of God given to us free of charge. Here's a group that heard Peter preach the same thing I preached here today. Jesus died. You were to work help a wicked man. Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God has raised him from the dead. They will all know we murdered him. And by murdering him, that murdering him is going to save us. That's why they were so convicted. They were cut to the heart. Well, that's all it takes. It's just to believe that it happened. When they ask, what do we do? Repent and be baptized. I see water. Every one of you in the name of Jesus so that your sins will be forgiven and God will give you the Holy Spirit. I see water. I see spirit. Duh. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized, have clothed yourself with him. Well, looks like that's when you put him on. I see water six verses later. Since your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit unto your son. I see water. I see Spirit. And you can go on and on and on and on and on and on from there. It's written on about a fifth grade level. Acts 20, 24, Paul's test was testifying to the gospel of God's grace. It is free of charge. It is a gift. You cannot earn it. But you do have to obey God to receive the blessings of what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. You do have to obey God to get in on that. You come from your mother, first birth. You are then, you must be born again. Water in the spirit, born of God. That disconnects you from Adam. You have to be disconnected from Adam. You say, who does it? Jesus. When does it happen? When you're born again. Your first birth, you're connected to Adam. You say, I've got to get disconnected. Only Jesus can disconnect you from Adam. If you're not disconnected from Adam, you're not going to live eternally. You're going to go down like Adam did. You're like, I've got to get disconnected from Adam. And the gospel of Jesus is the way to get disconnected. There are three deaths, two births, three deaths. You get old enough to sin. What do you do? You have the knowledge you inherited from Adam to know good from evil. But every last one of you did what I did. You chose evil. And not only did you choose evil, you repeatedly chose evil over good. You say, we... We're not perfect. I've made some mistakes. Oh, listen, I have too. You say, Phil, did you ever think you'd be discussing 
the greatness of the gospel of God's grace. No, never. You're like, you didn't have the spirit of God because you've never been born again. That's right. So I got old enough to sin, so did you, and we died, first death. You say, there's a second death that you must go through because I told you, you have three to experience. Or you're not going to get off planet Earth alive. Two births, three deaths. Here we go. Listen to this. What shall we say then? If Jesus died for us, was buried and raised from the dead, the grace of God given to us free of charge and all our sins would be removed. What should keep us just from sinning all we want to? And grace will increase. The more we sin, the more grace increases. Whoa, what a deal. What shall we say? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. Here you are, already dead in your sins. Remember, when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. Paul to the Ephesians, you used to be dead in your sins. You're already dead in your sin. You hear the good news about Jesus. You're like, what do I need to do? Well, first of all, you need to die to sin. One of the problems human beings experience is when they say, I believe in Jesus, uh, come on into my heart, Lord, and, 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 you'll, and you look at their life and you notice pretty quickly that their faith and their actions are not on par with each other. It's a picture of the United States of America. They all, 85% of them say they believe in God. You say, but their actions prove otherwise. And here's a news flash, so will yours. Your actions have to be together with your faith. Sleeping around, whoring around, shacking up, drug, getting drunk. You're like, eh. Come up here and sit down. You say, I'm a believer. No, you're not. You never died to sin. You say, that's your responsibility. Lord, based on what I've heard, you came to bear my sin, all of them, from this day forth. I am stopping it. I'm dying to it. How can you live in it any longer based on the information from the gospel of Jesus? Free of charge. Come on. Don't you know? He's going to tell you when your sins are removed, when you died in sin, when you're buried with Jesus, when you're raised with it. Come on. I'm just reading one text. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, I see water, were baptized into his death? We were therefore, listen to this, it's a beautiful thing. We were therefore buried with Jesus through baptism. How are you going to get off planet Earth alive unless you're born again and die to sin? You say, this is, these are the ramifications of the gospel. This is my responsibility that by faith I will obey God. I will die to sin. 
when I am immersed in water. I will be buried with the Lord Jesus. I will be into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You're not going to get a new life until you die to sin through your faith. Jesus came to bear it. You say, I came to die to it because of the great act of kindness and mercy extended toward me. Thank you, Lord. I am pledging to you here and now in this grave. you got to remember something. Jesus came in a body, a human body. He literally died. He literally was buried. His body. It was his body. Flesh. Blood. He literally, his body, three days later, was raised from the dead. God is allowing you in water to be counted as dead. To be counted as buried. To be counted as being raised. Let me tell you something. That's a lot better than literally dying, being buried, and raised from the dead. But you know what the kicker is? You say, my goodness, there's my second death, the one to sin. There's my first burial. And there's my first resurrection. You're like, but because I participated in that death, burial and resurrection, the last one, the physical one, the literal one, will have no effect on me. Because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, you're like, my goodness, I had, that's how he beat the grave for us. Watch. If we've been united with him in his death, we'll certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. He just told you when you're reunited with him, it's in water. We catch a lot of flack for that. I'm sorry, folks. I love you. I will never judge you or condemn you. But how in the world can you miss this? We know that our old self, the old you, look, was crucified with him. Break the connection with Adam. It has to be done. You say, when does that happen? When you, through faith, are immersed in water and are buried. And are raised. You say, that's when the connection with Adam is broken. I have now been born again of water. And because of that, now that you purified yourselves, Peter said, by obeying the truth, love one another deeply from the heart, for you've been born again. Listen, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. You're like, oh my goodness, God implants me. Listen. 20 minutes ago, I walk back up there and sit down, you know, drink a cup of coffee. This little girl walks in. She's been hanging around here. Some of mine is kin folks. She walks up to me. She was seated in the audience on the last session. And I see those tears streaming down her face and a lot of Maybelline is running. <laughs> I said, honey, what about it? She said, Brother Phil, will you, will you baptize me? I said, no, but my eyes will. He's your uncle. 
There's a lady on there, Tazzy. I'm going to drink my coffee. I said, go down there and baptize her. You say, why did she do that? She heard what you're hearing. Senior in high school, she's old enough to get it. The old self was crucified with Jesus so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died, I said you die three times, one when you sin, once when you're baptized, out of sin, because anyone has died, has been freed from sin. That's why no sin can be counted against you. You know why? You quit sinning when you, get, when you die. You don't get drunk anymore when you die. Your drunken days are over. You ever going to be a moral again? Not once you die, you're not. That's what baptism is. God sees you as dead to sin, but alive. Watch. If we died with Christ, he just told you when, we believe we'll also live with him. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. I got news for you. You obey the gospel here today and you're born again and get out of in that grave and out of it. Death won't have mastery over you either. You say, immortality. I can get immortality today. Yeah. And you're going with Obamacare? Are you crazy? The death Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. His point is, look, the death he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he died once and for all to bear your sin. You say, it's all on him. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Listen to this carefully. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Count yourselves, because God does, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He just told you when. Baptism. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires like you've been doing your entire life. You just made a pledge to God of a good conscience toward him. You say, how does baptism save you? Peter said it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus. You have to die and be buried and be raised. Therefore, that final burial and that final resurrection is yours. Now, I'll end with this. The resurrection of Jesus, think about it this way. Now, you've been lying or just misunderstood because you've been telling everybody if today is your birthday. Now, I'll be 68 on April the 24th, I will tell people. But actually, that's not true. Whenever your, what you've been calling your birthday is, you always say you count time from the time you came out of your mother. But you were in her womb alive for about nine months. That's a better part of a year. So on your, what you've been calling your birthday, I'm 30 years old today. I said, 30 years and nine months, honey. I said, you almost 30, 32. <laughs> you say, 30, 31. 
you say, I'm a year, almost a year older than I'm saying I am. But you know what the kicker is? I want you to understand this. From an eternal perspective, when you through faith reenact the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you say, I'm born of God. As far as eternity is concerned, really, that's my birthday, that second birth. Agreed? That's all of our birthdays, the ones who have responded through faith to the gospel. You say, that's when we were born again. That really is our birthday. And you know why? You remember I told you you had to be disconnected from Adam? There were some people at Corinth who claimed they were sons and daughters of God. They were, you say, but they had begun to doubt the resurrection of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, never doubt the resurrection of Jesus. Your eternal soul depends on it. If it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? I'm telling y'all, America does not believe in the resurrection of the dead. No, sir. Watch. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, their preaching is useless. And so is your faith. What I am doing here today is an exercise in futility. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead. More than that, we're found to be false witnesses about God. We're saying we saw him die. I'm telling you, he struck me down on the road. I talked to him. I saw him. I know he was raised. He sent me on a journey. I'm writing this to you. I'm telling y'all, he died and I saw him later on the road to Damascus. And you're telling me you, he, there's not a resurrection? He's the one that struck me blind on a road. Are you nuts? For we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but if he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ hasn't been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Without the resurrection, that's proof positive that Jesus had the power to remove your sin. You say, if he wasn't raised, I am done. We're all done. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. All the people that have gone before us, the old people, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your grandparents, you say, what about them? Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead. All lost. No hope. And that's why it's well put. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, if there's no afterlife, we are to be pitied more than all men. Please don't forget that it's not about this era. You say they're just on the other side. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You don't lose anything when you physically expire. Remember, you've already had the second death, the burial, the resurrection. When it literally happens to you, you say, I will be there. Everybody's going to be raised, the righteous and the wicked. You say, the wicked come from their mothers. They get old enough to sin and they do. One death for them. Then they die and go into the ground. Yep, you say, that's their second death and their burial. You say, 
They just circumvented the gospel. Their days are short or full of trouble, and when they are raised on the last day, they are eternally condemned. Not as much happens to them as us because the gospel comes along and we say, oh my goodness, that's when I'm getting Jesus. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all those who've fallen asleep. He said, whoo, watch. For since death came through a man, now we're going to get down to how he disconnects you from Adam. For since death came through a man, Adam, that was your first birth. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. That's why he did what he did in flesh. For as in Adam all die, in Christ all will be made alive. You're like, there's a way off planet earth alive. We are the children of the resurrection. We are members of the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. What you have heard today is that you're a sinner and you're going six feet deep. God became flesh, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died on a cross, was buried, and raised from the dead. His death for you removed your sin. His resurrection guarantees you you can live again. You put your faith in that, and you turn from your wicked ways. And you walk down here. You say, am I born again? Am I born again yet? No, you're not born again. Once you put your faith in Jesus and you make the decision to repent, you go back there. And you say, that's where your new birth will take place. And you come forth out of that grave, counted as dead to sin, counted as buried the old you, counted as being raised from the dead. You're implanted with imperishable seed, and eternity is yours. All you have to do after that, trust God and try. Love God, love your neighbor, and eternity is yours. Let me ask you all something. You can go like this or like that. Would you like to live forever? Really? Y'all are not very animated. <laughs> Some of you are like, eh, that'd be pretty good. Living forever? I'm sorry. I would love to get in on that action. Just think about it. No sickness, no death, no tears. Forever. You will receive your bodies from the tomb, you say. It will be a spiritual body. You'll know me. I'll know you. And we just go on and on and on forever. I would love to be a part of that, wouldn't you? One shot at it. What you just heard here today, Father. If there's anyone in this audience that maybe for whatever reason probably taught otherwise but for the ones who are maybe just been doubting I would pray Father that they would come forth like the little girl did here 30-40 minutes ago with their faith in the gospel of your grace namely Jesus' death, burial and resurrection ready to repent and die to sin and be born again, this time and forever from you, Father, born of you. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity for you to see the old us die to sin and be buried and the new 
person come forth from that watery grave. Thank you, Father, for making this so simple yet so profound as far as it has to do with our eternal destiny. Thank you, Father, for your spirit that you seal us with, that you mark us with when we are born again. Thank you, Father, for him being our way into immortality, imperishable seed. Thank you, Father, by sealing the deal with your spirit. I pray, Father, if there's any here, they would come right down here and reenact Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in water. I pray that they would come, Father, as old cat leads us in a song through Jesus. Amen. All right, Kelly, lead us in a song. Let's be standing. Amen. Amen.